by Gods and Kings takes place in the world of Dunai and is based on the tabletop RPG. For more information on the tabletop RPG or for more information on the world of Dunai, please visit our website www.bygodsandkings.com. Chapter 3 The Safeguard of Dunai Zalora drops to his knees, still holding the god killer in his right hand. The blade still drips with the blood of the fallen goddess. He stares at the blade in his hand, contemplating what he has done. He followed the orders of his superior, Pendle, and slayed Nerila where she stood, as the army of the Seraphim toppled her soul bone. And while both he and Pendle were under the orders of Darien, the god of order, Zalara openly struggles with a treacherous deed. For the first time in the history of Dunai, a god has been slain. The ground beneath Zalara changes, where before his knees rested on the hot slabs of Nerilil's temple, he now finds himself resting in a much colder setting. Several columns line the area with no windows, but between the columns, a golden scale rests with a light blue substance landing on one side, followed by a large black stone on the other. The scales shift around Zalara, tilting his head to notice them. Impossible, he states softly, still holding on to the dagger tightly. Nothing is impossible, Master Seraphim, alerts a feminine voice from behind him. Zalara turns to find Vesia, the goddess of law, standing prominently behind him in her blue and silver armor with a large sword at her side. Her radiant blue cape shimmers from the white light shining from above and her demeanor is quite firm, almost judgmental. She stares into Zalara's eyes as he continues to grip the dagger firmly. Stand up, she states plainly. I won't have the man who slayed a goddess grovel on his knees before me. Zalara rises to her feet and looks into the stoic eyes of Vesia. He pauses for a moment before extending his arm to present the dagger. Please, take this foul weapon. Pleads Zalara. It has no place in this world. The goddess of law does not hesitate. Vesia reaches forward and grabs the dagger by the handle. I was under the impression Valkus did not bring this with him, she says calmly while examining the quality of the blade. There is a story behind this blade, Zalara. Care to hear it? Zalara, still in a panic, nods slowly but does not answer audibly. Good, she says. It would be awkward if you would have said no. Vesia chuckles before looking back toward all of the scales. It all began in Tengregia, the world in which we are all from. The dagger, the god killer, was created by our very own forge master, Valkus. While he was laboring in Tengregia, helping to construct realms so that we could siphon the souls from them, he took the time to create this so that he could break from his bonds. Or so that's what I think. I know that at one time, he possessed an interest in me, but that is not what this story is about. You see, Zalara, Valkus is an incredibly gifted craftsman. Since helping to create Dunai, he spent most of his time in his workshop creating creatures to pass the time. He's created some magnificent beings, the dragonkin for example, but he's also created a few things that have made us all question his sanity, the kobolds or even the goblins. The point is, Valkus possesses a great deal of knowledge and he used it to forge this weapon. It is powerful enough to destroy the essence within any being, human, god-touched, or god. Vesia turns back to Zalara. I was under the impression that this weapon had not traveled to Dunai with Valkus and instead was lost in the void during his exile. Clearly, I was mistaken. She places the dagger in a small pouch at her side before stepping forward and placing her hands on both of Zalara's shoulders. She stares into his eyes and smiles warmly. Zalara, you did as you were instructed, but something far greater was at play this entire time. You were but the scapegoat, the rogue seraphim who slaughtered the goddess of illumination. The followers of Nerilil will hunt you down and, if I had to guess, the armies of her sister will as well. You will have the forces of both light and shadow chasing you until your essence fades from your body. Comforting, quips Zalara. I don't know what's worse, the fact that the soul bone will be after me or the fact that I'll be forever chased by shadows. I suppose I'll have to try to return to Dolbach, 
Vessie removes her hands from Zalara's shoulder and steps back. I'm afraid that's not going to be possible, she states abruptly. You see, Darien has already pinned the death of the goddess on you and, as a token of peace, he will be offering you up to the other gods for slaughter. Your blood will be what ends this vile war. Zalara's face goes flush as the realization of what all is at play takes over. He was a dutiful pawn to a much larger plot. Was my god at fault? He asked directly to the goddess of law. Did Darien choose to use me as his scapegoat? The mood around the room goes foul as Zalara tries to fathom everything at play. Vesia turns back to the seraphim and stares at him blankly. You already know that answer, retorts Vesia. Zalara's head drops to the floor. Everything he stood for and believed in was cast out in a single act by the god he loved and served willingly. That is quite unfortunate, he says before tilting his head up to gaze into the eyes of Vesia. So I suppose I'm doomed then, he asks rhetorically. I think you know that answer too, replies Vesia. The goddess of law smiles earnestly before placing her hand back on Zalara's shoulder. I wouldn't have summoned you here if I didn't have a plan for you. She removes her hand and steps away from Zalara, motioning for him to follow her down the corridor. He does as instructed and walks closely behind Vesia, taking note to all of the golden scales all along the walls and in between the columns. The souls from Dunai pass through the corridor on their way to their final destination, explains Vesia to the curious Zalara. Every soul, no matter from what realm attached to Dunai, pass through here and will eventually find itself on the scales. Depending on how their life was spent or where their devotion lies, these scales will render judgment and send them to their appropriate destination. Zalara pauses next to Vesia, who is standing in front of one of her scales. A green essence appears on one of the scales next to a black block. Ah, a priest of Phalaris has made their way into the Halls of Judgment. Shall we examine this priest a little closer? Zalara smirks with Vesia already approaching the scales. Her eyes glow silver as she looks at the green essence before her. Typically, the followers of Phalaris are quite a noble bunch and tend to keep to themselves. This priest lived his life in the same manner, except when a bunch of harpies invaded his temple and slaughtered him. Vesia turns back to face Solara. Dunai is such a violent world, especially for those who choose to walk the path set forth by one of the founders. The green essence fades away in another, this time the same light blue from earlier descends onto the scales. The priest will make his way to Laurel, where Phalaris will decide what will become of him. Phalaris doesn't typically turn priest souls into dryads, but he has before. We'll let the god of Flora decide what the priest's fate will be. So if I were to die, Darien would ultimately choose what happens to me, asked Zalara inquisitively. No, because you're a seraphim. You were created from the souls of the fallen to serve in Darien's army. Your soul would be immediately sent into the river of Dunai, where one of the gods would devour you indiscriminately, explains Vesia callously. They would not know who you are or where you are from. All they would know is that you are a soul that is theirs to eat. Vesia pauses briefly, seeing how Zalara appears to be somewhat alarmed. Seraphim, every creature on Dunai, whether human or other life form, is created of essence. This essence is the building block of all universes, not just this one. The plants, the animals, the humans, and other creatures are all created of essence. Eventually, that essence makes its way to the gods and we devour it to survive. Zalara is taken aback by Vesia's frankness. I see your love of humanity is only second to your taste and decor. Vesia turns and scowls at Zalara. My love for humanity is non-existent, Seraphim, she retorts quickly. The gods may love their followers, but they all feel as I do. In the end, every soul that is created is simply meant to keep the device we created operating. If the machine stops running, no one benefits. Zalara stands before Vesia with a stoic gaze, trying his best to not show emotion. Zalara is still remarkably young and has only been with the Seraphim for a few years. Zalara, you are far stronger than many of your contemporaries. Your essence is greater than many of the soldiers you fight beside and against. 
Darian does not realize this because he cannot see the true essence as I can. I see that you are a noble man who will always follow orders because you believe that your superiors are just. Their command should be, softly replies Zalara. Not everyone in the world is just, Seraphim, but perhaps I can offer you something a bit more straightforward and transparent, countered Vesia. The Seraphim appears intrigued as he tilts his head forward slightly to listen to the goddess of law. Vesia pauses for a moment while preparing her words. My ultimate goal is quite simple. Make sure Dunai stays functional. While I try not to become more involved in the various squabbles, I have to make sure that things aren't at play that can destroy our creation. Because of this, and because I try to stay off Dunai where I can, I have to have things in the realm to check the powers that are at play. So Laura, I have two God-touched servants who reside on Dunai. One of them I'm sure you, as well as the rest of Dunai, are quite familiar with. The other, I tend to like him living in the shadows, though he prefers to operate a bit more out in the open. I presume you will meet him in due time. With that being said, I could use a third set of eyes on Dunai to ensure that nothing happens that would ultimately ruin the balance. She pauses and steps forward, standing inches from the face of the younger Seraphim. Zalara, I require that you walk the lands of Dunai for the rest of eternity, willfully protecting it from any otherworldly harm that would fall upon it. And that would spare me from the wrath of the other gods and their followers queried Zalara. Vesia laughs. Oh no, they'll still want you to die, but I won't allow you to become a sacrificial lamb to their slaughter. Besides, after you killed Nerolil and Xylene utterly dropped a city into the depths of the ocean, I feel now is the best time to change the rules of Dunai a bit. Zalara's eyes furled a bit as Vesia's statement. Dropped a city into the ocean. Vesia appears disgusted. It's not your concern, Seraphim, but just know I wouldn't make plans to visit Bryle any time soon. All right, mutters Zalara, though still curious at the fate of Malaris's capital. I will do you one favor, though. Once you return to Denai, I will alter your physical appearance so that no one will recognize you as the Slayer of Nerilil. Perhaps that will allow you to live a life amongst the inhabitants that is slightly less eventful, she says calmly. The gods will still be able to see you for who you really are, but their followers will not. However, if you go off shooting lightning at the masses, people might get an idea of your true identity. Zalara smirks and nods. That's at least something comforting, he states softly. So all my job will be is to ensure that the balance of the scales is maintained and, if someone tries to destroy Dunai, step in and stop them? More or less, answers Vesia. If we're laying all of our cards on the table, keeping you alive is my way of thumbing my nose at Darien and Malaris for bringing about the death of Nerilil. Watching them become irate is far more enjoyable for me than simply having another warrior on the field to keep an eye on Dunai though you may end up being far more useful than I can even imagine. I don't have the gift of foresight. I can only plan for the worst. Solara blinks his eyes and finds himself standing in a grass field outside of a very large town. Though merely a second ago, he was standing in the Halls of Judgment in the realm of Scalaria. Solara, no longer a member of the Seraphim, looks out at what he perceives to be the large city of Shorek. Beside him, a small puddle reveals his new appearance. From the reflection, he sees that he is now an older man with a neatly trimmed, gray beard and a bald head. He is just as tall as he was and his body is still just as defined, but his appearance gives little to no hint of his past identity. The fallen seraphim smiles warmly as his new journey begins, leading him to fresh challenges and an explicit mandate. Protect Dunai. Epilogue your head shakes as the room you were in comes back into focus. The book on the table before you closes with the yellow aura dissipating. Moonlight shines in from the openings in the ceiling above, giving a vast amount of illumination to the library. You rub your eyes with your hands, hoping that the moisture from your tears can help them focus. 
The first book is always the worst, announces a warm, friendly voice from over your shoulder. You turn around in your chair and look behind you, and though your vision is blurry, you're able to make out a silhouette of a man. The man walks up to you and places his hand on your shoulder before reaching forward to grab the book. Good choice, he says proudly. Not many archivists are willing to start with something so divisive and challenging. Your vision clears up and the man now comes into focus. He's an older man with short, gray hair and beautiful purple robes. A golden sash is worn around his waist with a pouch on his side. Oh, I apologize, says the man as he places his hand in front of you. My name is Derelius and I am the god of intellect. Derelius introduces himself to you and offers to shake your hand, which you oblige. His hand is warm and soft, and as you stand before him, you sense an immense amount of wisdom coming from the old god. Zalora is a very misunderstood creature, states Derelius plainly. His history is shrouded with strife and chaos, though his contributions to the safety of Dunai are unmatched, even by Ebelus. Your eyes squint slightly in confusion as Derelius walks over to a shelf and grabs another one of the many tomes. He places it down in front of you with a warm smile. When you're ready... Maybe you should read on and meet a few more of the men and women who've kept Denai safe for thousands of years. You smile and look at the tome in front of you, curious to what is waiting for you within its pages. We would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. More content will be coming out on a regular basis. For more on By Gods and Kings, please visit www.bygodsandkings.com or www.scriptcrypt.com.